Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. Baseball's Grand Slam is one of the biggest moments in all of sports. But there is one Grand Slam out there that is still waiting for its moment. Ameristar Rail has come forth with a massive railroad infrastructure project in the Baltimore area. It calls for digging a rail tunnel underneath the city of Baltimore. The tube would be 10 miles long, hold four railroad tracks, and avoid the Baltimore-Potomac Tunnel which has been a rail bottleneck for decades. The line would link to the Northeast Corridor, eliminate Penn Station, and allow trains to run at 160 miles per hour. The new route also would have 30 stations and would be used by Amtrak, Mark Trains, and a newly created Metro service. It's a big hit, a huge hit, and it's a proposal that is appropriately titled The Grand Slam. Amtrak, however, thinks the idea is an error and instead is engaging in replacing a four-mile section of the Baltimore-Potomac Tunnel. Construction is expected to begin next year and will cost $4 billion. Two tunnels will be built and trains will move through at 100 miles per hour. Amtrak has reviewed the Grand Slam plan and has rejected it. Originally, The Maryland Department of Transportation and the Maryland Transit Administration opposed the Grand Slam, but now Ameristar Rail's Scott Spencer says progress is being made. I had the chance to talk to Spencer about the Grand Slam, and here is the interview. So tell me, how did you come up with this this idea for the Grand Slam? Well, this idea came about because I've known about this chronic problem with the Baltimore tunnels uh, through my entire railroad career, which started back uh, with New Jersey Transit over 40 years ago. And I knew then uh, in riding the head end of Northeast Quarter trains, uh, locomotive engineers uh, and uh, track engineers would point out to me when we went through the Baltimore tunnels, all the problems that they had, the basket case problems and how they had to be replaced. So I've known they've always had to be replaced, and I've always felt that there's got to be a better solution than the location of Baltimore Penn Station, which is uh, over two miles from downtown. And we look at all of the Amtrak stations from Boston to Washington, Baltimore's Penn Station is the most poorly located station of any city or town served. It's over two miles from downtown. So um, I figured there would be careful evaluation of this issue with the Northeast Quarter Futures Program and uh, the Northeast Quarter Commission's um, Connect um, 35 program, uh, NEC Connect. But no one ever thought about moving the alignment. They all just 
configured to expand the alignment, <clears throat> go to four track tunnels. And so I've always had in my mind, um, like many railroad improvement projects, this uh, bypass shortcut route, but I didn't find an opportunity really to advance it until I saw Amtrak uh, cut back the B&P tunnel from the, the four tracks that were planned to two tracks last year. And uh, as someone who is positioned to be a profitable operator in the Northeast Quarter, as Ameristar Rail is proposing to do, uh, that would impose um, unacceptable operating constraints on future growth to just have a two-track bottleneck built after billions of dollars spent. And this is a very consequential decision uh, because it will define not only how people move in and out of Baltimore for the next 200 years, but the entire Northeast quarter. And so for Amtrak to even suggest, well, we'll scale back the B&P tunnel project from four tracks to two for now, and then maybe we'll come back and do two tracks in the future, is not a feasible solution. We need four tracks right now. Anybody understands the Northeast quarter and how it flows, it largely is built, particularly where there's commuter train overlays uh, and overtakes with four tracks. So I said, no, this is this is totally unacceptable. And from a competitive position, from an operational reliability position. Um, so Ameristar Rail, in order for us to uh, be able to implement our plans to dramatically transform the Northeast quarter, uh, we thought, okay, we got to implement uh, a better solution that really uh, will serve all these constituencies better. So that's why we, we got involved to um, develop it. So I've always had this in my mind, but I figured others would see the advantages of putting the quarter downtown, but no one ever came forward to do it. So is Amtrak aware of your plan? Have they seen your plan? Maybe give an update there. Yes, um, both Amtrak's uh, BNP Tunnel Group, as well as uh, Laura Mason, she's the Executive uh, Vice President for um, Capital Delivery for Amtrak, and uh, Stephen Gardner's office, uh, the President of Amtrak, um, they have our plans for the Baltimore uh, Grand Slam, including the uh, route map, uh, the track charts, and the um, the uh, logic for the plan as as described and proposed in our letter of February 16th to um, Maryland DOT. And these details are available in the maristarrail.com website under latest proposals. So there, that letter can be found, which explains the rationale for the Baltimore Grand Slam and then the route alignment and the track charts for the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel are on our website. Is it true that Amtrak has seen the plans and has rejected those plans? <clears throat> Amtrak has seen the plans, but they've never discussed it with us. Um, but Maryland DOT um, also has seen the plans, as that's where the letter went to. And I suspect they conferred with Amtrak because a lot of what they wrote in their uh, rejection letter of uh, March the 7th reflected a lot of what Amtrak's positions are about a project that's already underway, but did not address the system solution that we're proposing. So 
I suppose that they conferred with Amtrak because um, uh, Maryland DOT last week finally um, consulted with me last week because I, I said, look, it was premature for you to reject this plan without even discussing it uh, because the letter didn't even address any concerns. There was no showstoppers with our proposal. They just simply said we already have another plan underway. But if that under, that other plan is so significantly flawed and it's going to create a built-in constraint for the Northeast Corridor and diminish Baltimore's competitive position, I think it's imperative to um, look closely and compare this to the solution that we've developed. So um, we had that discussion last week, and I can tell you there were a number of factors, as I suspected, they hadn't had to even considered. Number one is the presumption is, well, this plan, the train's already left the station. We can't stop it now. The fact is, Amtrak does not have a solution for the Baltimore tunnels. Yes, they have a, a bypass solution for the B&P tunnels, which are west of the Baltimore station. But there are a set of tunnels that are just as old east of the station, the Union tunnels, that are also significantly deteriorating and also create a bottleneck on the northeast quarter. But for some reason, they've not disclosed how are they going to replace it, when are they going to replace it. When Amtrak has been on the congressional record, uh, congressional record for decades, back as long ago as the late 70s, the Congress, that all the Baltimore tunnels have to be replaced. So I don't know why they're not dealing with the Union tunnels right now, but most people aren't even aware of this issue. I spoke with Maryland DOT, Baltimore city officials, because it, the, those tunnels are underneath an historic area of East Baltimore. And I said, look, they have to evaluate um, the, the eventual need to tunnel under those historic communities, but they're not discussing it for whatever reason. So, um, those are factors they didn't consider. So, you know, Amtrak is saying, hey, this project is, you know, that we're looking at is already underway. So, I mean, how do you get them to, you know, really say stop and look at the consequences or the alternatives here when they're already saying, well, we're already moving forward with this project? Right, right. Because whenever we're dealing with something as significant as the Northeast Quarter, we need to be the best stewards possible and make the right call to get the decision right. There was another major project, which Amtrak never even bothered to step in on, that would have been a major mistake. It was already under construction and it was halted. Yeah, there were some political reasons, but that was the arc tunnels into New York. And most people don't realize when that project that was under construction was halted, if it had been completed, there would have been no way for Amtrak to use those tunnels because they were dead-end tunnels into uh, literally the basement of Macy's on 34th Street in New York. But the conventional debate then was, oh, we can't change this project. It's already underway. Yet there were many transit and rail advocates, including myself, said, this is a big mistake. You can't spend billions of dollars and create a bottleneck with a dead-end stub terminal in Northeast Quarter that Amtrak can't even use. For reasons I don't even know, Amtrak never stepped into the middle of that. I guess they didn't want to take responsibility for the ultimate cost of replacement tunnels. I don't know. But back then, people thought, oh, no, it's too late to stop that project. But it was the right call to stop that project. And I stand by this decision. It's the right call 
to at least put on hold this project and compare it with alignment that is going to give much better speeds, much better capacity, and put Baltimore and the Northeast Quarter in a much better competitive position than the current alignment. You know, what I discussed with Maryland DOT last week, they didn't realize you, you have to understand some railroad history here. Why in the world is the Baltimore Penn Station in the worst location of any city between Boston and Washington, over two miles from downtown? It wasn't put there because it was ideal. The history is in the initial railroads that were built in the 1830s, and that one of them being the Philadelphia, Wilmington, and Baltimore Railroad, they served where people needed to go, downtown, right by Inner Harbor. In fact, um, one of the reasons why we're proposing the centerpiece station that would serve Amtrak and um, mark trains be called the Frederick Douglass Freedom Station is because Frederick Douglass uh, fled to his freedom from slavery through the PWMB station at President Street, right near downtown. But as railroad growth grew and through service to Washington grew, Baltimore passed an ordinance much like New York that uh, banned uh, the operation of these steam trains because there was street trackage involved. And they had to haul these trains with draft horses. By the way, your um, readers and listeners would be interested to see a remarkable railroad movie that depicts this operation called The Tall Target from 1951. It's readily available on DVD. It's a pretty remarkable railroad movie because it creates mid-19th century railroading in a very accurate way, and it's around the plot that um, uh, there was an assassination attempt planned on President Lincoln on the way to his inaugural in 1861. But uh, it depicted how they had to haul the trains through Baltimore with draft horses, steam locomotive and all. But as traffic grew there, it was too congested. They had to find another way. And they certainly looked at tunneling through the heart of Baltimore. But 19th century tunneling was either cut and cover, which the streetscape could not allow uh, with the configuration of buildings and streets, or dynamite and nitroglycerin. That wasn't going to happen under downtown Baltimore. So the only way they could go with cut and cover is the route that is the current Northeast Quarter route which was unpopular at that time, but they designed it to build the street grid over top of those tunnels, the Union Tunnel and the BMP Tunnel. And that's why we ended up where we are, not because it was a good competitive position. Fast forward to the 20th century, and these problems were unacceptable for the highways. Anybody that knows Baltimore knows that I-95, when it was completed originally, bypass downtown Baltimore through the Baltimore Harbor tunnels. In the 70s, the federal government with a 90% match and then a 10% state and local match undertook the most expensive interstate highway project at the time in US history to build the Fort McHenry tunnels and build I-95 with a leg of 395 to bring the interstate highway system right to downtown Inner Harbor and the Baltimore Convention Center. So they recognized that they needed to put the interstate highway system in a better competitive position with direct access to downtown. Northeast Quarter is in a very poor competitive position. And so Ameristar Rail, our whole 
uh, focus is to transform the Northeast quarter with a private operation. We have access to the largest investment available uh, to privately operate Amtrak's trains. They'd still be branded as Amtrak trains, marketed and ticketed as Amtrak trains using Amtrak Union crews, but we would operate them as an affiliated carrier, much like American has American Eagle and United has United Express. Those are independent airlines, but they fly under the flag carrier. But in order to attract that largest ever private investment in Amtrak's operations, our investors need us to be able to put the services in a much more competitive position. And the Baltimore Penn Station is so poorly located. Most people don't know this. Maryland DOT officials didn't know this. And I'm saying, look, you're going to be investing hundreds of millions of dollars in this project and keeping that station in a poor location for generations to come. And they weren't even aware that right now, and most people don't know, Amtrak's market share for travel between Baltimore and New York and other parts in the Northeast quarter as compared to cars, buses, and flying is single digit. Single digit market share, unacceptable. So if Amtrak has all the advantages of confronting climate change and reducing our carbon footprint, you gotta do better than single digit market share. And the way to do that, that's why the Baltimore Grand Slam is such a winner, is to put Amtrak services in the best competitive position with the interstate highway system and BWI for that matter, the airport, but putting the service downtown. And that's one of the compelling reasons that we're advocating the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel. But it's more than just justifying putting Amtrak and Mark downtown. Because we want to create a northeast quarter with a fluid operation of four tracks, and again, you can see in the track charts how we do this with upper level and lower level tunnels, we overlay the investment of these tunnels with not only the mark operation, but also creating a major east-west Baltimore Crosstown Metro, which would be FRA compatible. In other words, it operate like a metro every 10 minutes, seven days a week with transit density seating on the cars, but they're railroad compliant, FRA compliant uh, railroad electric MUs, much like, um, you know, Paris has the RER and um, other systems have these through operations. So we overlay the investment by creating something Baltimore desperately needs, and that's an east-west high-capacity uh, metro transit system. So let's talk about the cost of this project. Obviously, I'm assuming it's going to cost a lot more than what Amtrak has originally proposed here or is working on. Um, can you talk about that cost and potential impacts? And I know that President Biden just passed the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill, so that's obviously going to help out a little bit. But how do you expect to fund this? Right. It's a massive project. Right. Well, first of all, when it comes to cost, I just want to clarify some misconception. Because Ameristar Rail is proposing this, obviously what we developed is uh, the result of expenditure, significant time, effort, and resources, and as such, it's an intellectual property. But we're not in a position as an enterprise to design, construct, finance, maintain and operate this infrastructure. That's not what Ameristar Rail is. <clears throat> we are proposing our operations just to be the cost above the rails 
much like an airline flies um, aircraft into an airport. But what we're proposing in this case is a much better facility to serve the market. So that's the distinction I need to make clear up front. Uh, we're expecting the ultimate cost of this project to be funded in kind, the way the interstate highway system was brought to downtown Baltimore, 90% federal, 10% state and local. That being said, yes, there is significant amounts of infrastructure funding, uh, but there's also, unlike the uh, need to replace the BNP and the Union tunnels, there is an ability to attract a significant amount of private capital because of transit-oriented development that would occur amongst the 12 uh, Baltimore Crosstown Metro stations and the uh, new Frederick Douglass Freedom Station that would serve Amtrak and Mark and the Metro downtown. So that's some money that could be contributed. But ultimately, the cost is going to be sub subject to um, the uh, design and engineering evaluations. I do know it's going to be certainly at more than $10 billion, but I wouldn't characterize it as being uh, significantly above what it would cost to replace the uh, Union tunnels and the BMP tunnels. Because remember what we're doing, we're creating a Northeast quarter that will have high speed, high frequency, high capacity capabilities through the heart of Baltimore. Four tracks where trains can operate in speeds uh, excess of 125 miles an hour, saving 10 minutes in the running time between New York and, uh, and Washington. Whereas Amtrak plans are simply $4 billion to replace the BNP tunnels with just two tracks. So if you look at the fact that you really need four tracks where the BNP tunnels are being replaced, and you really need four tracks to replace the union tunnels, you're quickly approaching uh, some baseline figures for the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel. And it's really a dead bounce for Baltimore in terms of, it doesn't bring anything new to Baltimore in terms of service, attractiveness to reach downtown, in terms of transit capacity. Um, so this is why I'm confident for a couple of reasons. Although ultimately the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel uh, would have a higher price tag than if you just put four tracks through the, the existing route. It's not gonna be that much more, but, and you're gonna get a greater value because of the Metro operation. You're gonna bring Mark not only to downtown, by the way, Mark Penn Line, because again, the Baltimore Penn Station is so poorly uh, located, it has very, very few commuters to Baltimore. It's the Baltimore-Camden line and the former B&O route that is really bringing people downtown Baltimore. But the Baltimore-Penn line is really Washington-centric in terms of serving commuters. So this would bring the Mark-Penn line into a more uh, competitive position to bring commuters downtown. It also will bring Baltimore-Penn line to the largest employer in the Baltimore area, and that's... Um, Johns Hopkins main campus and Johns Hopkins Bayview campus. Both of them would be served uh, by Mark. So when you look at the value proposition of what this uh, creates, the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel in terms of uh, four-track operation, market served, speeds, uh, Crosstown Metro, it's a much greater value proposition. And the other major factor here is Whatever the ultimate cost is determined by design and engineering, 
divided by 200 years, and you will quickly see how much of a bargain it is for Baltimore's future because that's the economic activity that it will easily generate each year to exceed those annual annualized costs of the capital for this project uh, in terms of new jobs. Because unlike the plans that Amtrak has right now, the Baltimore Grand Slam is such a winner. And we call it the Baltimore Grand Slam because it's like baseball. Sometimes you look like you're behind and you can't think you're going to find any way to win. And then you have a hit late in the game that wins it all. And that's where we see this project because it wins it all in terms of bringing Amtrak downtown, improving Amtrak, bringing Mark downtown, creating the Crosstown Metro. And the fourth big run, it creates more jobs, is ability to reduce crime in Baltimore because of that and revitalize neighborhoods because of the Baltimore Crosstown Metro. Amtrak's plans can't even come close to touching that. So this is why it's such a Baltimore bold solution, such a winning solution for Baltimore's uh, future um, with everything we're doing here. So I say all this because those are factors that have to be weighed very carefully. And if you have a discussion uh, with Amtrak, uh, I don't think they can find advantages for their the current alignment plans to be rebuilt, including the Union Tunnels, that could outperform what the Baltimore Grand Slam can deliver for Baltimore. There's no way. Uh, there's no way that could be done. So what are the next steps here? Well, right now we have um, discussions underway with Maryland DOT to evaluate this. Maryland's going to also have a new governor next year. And we're in active discussions with the neighborhood groups because most people don't realize the need of the impact of replacing the Union Tunnel on the neighborhoods in East Baltimore. And it's only fair to disclose that and let them know at some point those tunnels are not going to defy the laws of physics in terms of the problems they're having now, just as the BMP tunnels are having. So, um, we're, we're hopeful Amtrak will step forward and explain um, how they're going to replace the union tunnels. And all that should be compared to the compelling advantages of uh, the Baltimore Crosstown Rail Tunnel. By the way, in terms of what's next, I've gotten questions like, well, then what are some other ways that this plan is better than the, the current plans that Amtrak has to stay with the, the current route with the station so far away? Well, here's something else that everyone who knows railroading can consider. Here in the 21st century, and this is something we're discussing with people, we all look at how impressive world-class operations in Europe and Asia are with both high-speed rail and transit. And if you look at all the projects underway right now in Europe and Asia, and for that matter, in the Middle East, I know a number of projects, not one of them have a project that is bypassing the city center. Yet Amtrak's plans for the Northeast Quarter is to continue to bypass the city center. So if Baltimore wants to be the world-class city that its potential has, if Amtrak wants to have the world-class capabilities of its Northeast Quarter, why would you bypass the city center? So we're having that conversation right now. And this is so important. That's why 
at the very least, Amtrak needs to pause its BNP tunnel plans because this is so consequential. It will, again, define how the Northeast Quarter operates and how people come and go to Baltimore for the next 200 years. And we have a responsibility to make the right decision. We already know what they did with the interstate highway system. So why would we do that to put the Northeast Quarter in the same competitive position? So we're taking that message. We're also having very interesting discussions with real estate developers are like, are you kidding me? This is, inc- this is incredible opportunity to revitalize Baltimore's neighborhoods. Again, the investment Amtrak wants to make on the, on the existing Northeast Quarter route is a dead bounce. It doesn't bring anything new to the table in terms of speed or capacity or new markets share- served, and you're still in a poor position over two miles from downtown. So our conversations are going on with those and other stakeholder groups um, to have them say to Amtrak, let's have a discussion and let's have a fair evaluation and compare why the Baltimore Grand Slam is such a more is, is a much more compelling solution for the future of Baltimore. Anything else you want to add about this? Well, I have to say this. I, I can also speak to experience. Anybody wants to know what is the potential of the Baltimore uh, Grand Slam is just you can look from Baltimore, just look less than 100 miles north of Philadelphia. And I had responsibility for this because uh, when I was a manager, except I was responsible for developing the startup and operating plan for what was called then the Philadelphia uh, Center City Commuter Connection or better known as SEPTA's commuter rail tunnel that takes SEPTA services through the, heart of both, uh, through the heart of Philadelphia. And ironically, that project was declared dead three times. But we knew that this thing had such a important value for the future of Philadelphia. And anybody can see that right now through Center City, Philadelphia, how that project, which cost uh, a phenomenal amount when it was completed in the 80s, $330 million, which is a bargain today. But back then, it was the most expensive rail transit project in Philadelphia's history. And yet, it has generated billions of dollars in retail development, commercial development, office, hotels, and residential development along that quarter. People said that uh, it made no sense to close Reading Terminal. I mean, that's a major station. Why would you do that? This is their debating now, not to close Baltimore Penn Station. But we knew the advantages of a through operation through the heart of the city would create such dynamic changes that the Reading Terminal was put into remarkable adaptive reuse, both as a hotel and and the Pennsylvania Convention Center. So the same thing can be done for the Baltimore Penn Station, because right now people are saying, well, Amtrak is going to be spending $150 they have underway. Um, to bring that to a state of good repair. And that's right, but that's because there was such deferred maintenance from the last time it was rehabilitated in 84. So that comes out to maybe $4 million a year they should have been spending anyway. They're spending all at one time now to bring it to a state of good repair, and that's fine. There's plenty of experiences around the country we know where stations where service uh, was removed have been successfully readapted for reuse. So Baltimore's Penn Station will have a fine future, just like the, the B&O Mount Royal Station, right in the same neighborhood, when the B&O discontinued service there in Baltimore was put into adaptive reuse and very successful in the neighborhood. So that, I have no doubt, will happen. 
Uh, it's not going to go to waste, the 150 that you're spending. What would go to be wasted, we missed the opportunity to achieve in Baltimore what was achieved in Philadelphia. And I know that from firsthand experience. And again, when you look at the development it attracted, it is a multiple far higher than ultimately the cost of building the tunnel was to the heart of Philadelphia. And I'm convinced that we'll have the same success um, through Baltimore. Scott Spencer, he is the Chief Operating Officer of Ameristar Rail. The Grand Slam project makes a lot of sense, but will Amtrak have the sense to pause its project and change routes? I guess that will be all said in due time. I would like to thank Scott Spencer for joining me today. On behalf of Rail Group On Air, I'm Bill Wilson, and I will see you down the line.